This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. We got purple activists. I thought it was a drought. I'm going to choose a dirty over you. I ain't afraid to lose. We love future. We love the roots. And we are back with the news roundup where we talk about your favorite stories that happened throughout the week. Things that made you laugh, cry, curse, flip a table, or maybe punch a baby. No one punches babies except for Selena Hill. No, I don't. Yeah, you see how she's fighting it right away because she's guilty. I love babies. Lies. Anyways, guys, I have a picture that shows you how much babies hate her. Anyways, guys. One time. (laughs) One time. I have (laughs) one picture. What? Exactly. But, guys, I have big. Of the news and Selena punching babies. The moment we have all been waiting for happened this past week. Gucci Man is free. That's right. Guap, lemonade, ice cream. Burr is out of jail. And not only is he out of jail, he looks amazing. He lost a bunch of weight. He got off the purple lean. He's not smoking crack anymore. He got a six pack and he put out a new song. I can't play it because it's only dirty because that's how Gucci Man rolls. But let's celebrate because Gucci Man is out of jail. I think you're the only one celebrating, but no, I mean, his fans are celebrating too, but why was he locked up in the first place? I, I think he shot somebody, I don't remember. <laughs> but <laughs> It's not important. But, like, the reason it's important is because all the music you guys like now, like Future, who I just played, they all got their style from Gucci Man. Like, he, this, this he whole track. I'm oh, sorry, I hate to throw a wrench in this conversation, but I really want to talk about Paul Ryan endorsing Donald Trump, yes. finally. Um, because yeah. I think that's super important and relevant. Um, no offense to Gucci Mane. That's or any right. Of Make the sure you apologize to Gucci Mane. Um, but yeah, so after many, many months of resisting uh, the call to endorse Donald Trump, Paul Ryan finally gave in and bit the bullet and yep. did it. And I don't think he was very happy about it. And John McCain looks like he's going to do it too. Even though that may actually make him lose his seat in Arizona. So now you have all these Republicans that are caught between this rock and this hard place where they have the choice between, in you know, backing the Republican nominee for president so that they're not seen as supporting Hillary. On the other hand of that, that backing can actually lead to a situation where they're at risk of losing their own seat. Right. You know, I mean, I didn't find it surprising. I thought it was a matter of time before Paul Ryan actually endorsed the Republican nominee. More than likely, I think he's probably going to try to run for president. How is it going to look on his record right. if he did not support a Republican nominee? So he, he had to. Why can't people like them just go away? Go to a racist cave and stay there. He endorsed Donald Trump, I think, like a day after Donald Trump said some really racist things about a Mexican judge. Yeah. Screw, screw Paul Ryan. Yeah. George Zimmerman fan club jerk. Donald Trump basically said that if your background is of a certain heritage or religion that you are not equipped to deal with cases um, relating to those those people, right? So if you are a Mexican judge, you should have no say in anything that has to do with U.S. interactions with Mexico or... He's an idiot. Right, yeah. No, I mean, I, I he's think, a bigot. No, the most, the, the scariest thing about that is, like, the the whole thing that the judiciary is supposed to be a branch that's, like, unconstrained by what the president says. And, like, this is really, really disconcerting for a lot of legal scholars, these attacks on judges. Um, I mean, I was reading an article the other day that was written by somebody who's very conservative who said, listen, there are plenty of times where the president doesn't agree with the Supreme Court decision, mm-hmm. you know, and, and doesn't agree, like, for example, when Roe versus Wade came down, if there was a Republican, you know, they don't agree with it, but they also recognize that it's the law. Right, this right. is like the first time where you're literally having a pres- like somebody who's running for president who's basically like giving the judiciary the finger. He's like mocking certain judges and basically kind of saying like, oh, well, who cares what the judicial branch says? Like this country is built on the ideas of checks and balances so that we don't end up in a situation where we have fascism or where we have a dictator. And like, I don't want to be alarmist, but these things are really 
scary. Yeah. And people brushing them off and being like, oh, you're being alarmist and like, like you know, you're, you're, you know, you're trying to fear monger. Like, no, I'm not. I'm just raising these issues because they're really important and they're really things that we need to be paying attention to. You know, like I say all the time, Hitler was not Hitler until he was Hitler. Right. Right. A good guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun until he's a bad guy with a gun. Right. So like. You know, Trump isn't Hitler until he is. And, like, I don't we don't have to be alarmist about it, but we need to be aware. No, no, it's very true. I just wanted to throw in another story. Um, A few weeks ago, we talked about the the speculation that Prince actually overdosed on opioids. I actually came on this show and said that there was a huge report that he was taking it legally and illegally and more than likely happened. I got a lot of backlash. The toxicology report report did come out, and he did overdose. And I just want to say, yes, thank you. Which is what Michael Jackson overdosed on. And you know what? We did a full segment just talking about the severity of this. Guys, you should definitely check it out on lyvbh.com. It's in our archive section. Stanley, last story? Yeah, so before we get to Muhammad Ali... Want to say something, Lisa? Oh yeah, no, I I wanted to just give a good story, but go on. <laughs> just a good story, all that shade. Like I just had a good story, like a positive story, not like a good story, just like something positive. Yeah. So I don't know. You probably know that Newark has one of the worst graduations rates, and it's especially um, abysmal amongst yeah. com- in communities of color within Newark. Which Newark, if you don't know, is mostly a giant community of color. But this new program called uh, the Leap Program, they produced against all odds a hundred percent graduation rate of people going to college so out of a, um, out of all the kids that were in the LEAP program in the Newark City school system 100% of them got into college that's and that's fantastic. amazing and it's fantastic and Cory Booker had a lot to do with that so good job Cory Booker we've had him on the show that is awesome so I guess you know there's nothing else to do but to go to the story that we've been wanting to talk about so as you guys know this past weekend Muhammad Ali passed away Rest in peace to the greatest boxer of all time, one of the greatest men that we have known in American history. He was um anti-war activist, was a former member of the Nation of Islam, was a proud Muslim man, and, you know, someone who shifted the way that we think and the way that we act in American history. And he was, a, he at a time where it was dangerous just to be black, he was unapologetically black. And we had to always remember that. In a time where people are still ashamed to be black and they'll attach themselves to anything else so that they don't have to be black. He was black and he was proud. And not only was he uh, not afraid, not afraid to be black, but he was not afraid to talk about it in large mainstream circles and directly to white America. Now, this is a time where people like Joe Frazier and O.J. Simpson either made decisions to not engage in racial politics because they didn't want to alienate white Americans and their white fan bases. But Muhammad Ali, on a number of occasions, came out and talked about it. And a lot of times he would even use humor. There's this one interview that he did but he was like i had just won an olympic medal um and i just was you know i just won an olympic medal and fought for this country against rome but when i came back to my hometown and i went to get a i wanted to buy a hot dog and i went to buy a coffee but you know what i was turned by the waitress by the waitress we don't serve negroes here so you know what i said I don't eat them either. That's exactly how he framed the the racial dynamic, tension, and divisiveness that was going on in this country. And he kept speaking out about it. And I want to know that even though we're commemorating him and we're talking about all this affection and love that he got, he was also a very hated man. Yeah. He was received overseas people in pakistan people in india they were standing up and and like cheering him on for what he was doing but white america they were like shut this negro up well he was 
famous for saying that he had no hate for anybody in Vietnam, right? Because no Viet Cong ever called him the N-word, right? Um, Unlike many people in the United States, many white folks in the U.S. I think that he was someone who was unapologetic, who was outspoken, who made it... I mean, he was funny, but he also brought to light the ridiculousness of the race divide in the United States, right? With that comment, right? Like, he, he made it known how ridiculous people's um, beliefs were about race and sort of pushed that to the forefront um, of of pop culture, right, and of society. And I think that he was definitely hated, um, which I think is important to remember, and got a lot of criticism. Um, but he wrote, I mean, he was the greatest. No, I, I mean, listen, My one of my favorite lines of his, he says, I am America. I'm the part you won't recognize, but get used to me. Right. And I think that's that's really, really important for today and for the conversation that we were just having about roots. I mean, he was black. He was confident about being black, almost to the point of being cocky about it. But he didn't care. He was like, this is who I am. I'm going to be you know, who I want to be. And you're going to like me or you're going to hate me, but I'm going to be who I am. I'm not going to be who you want me to be. And he was a proud Muslim. Right. Yeah. And black athletes to this day get criticized for acting in this way, right? When we see black athletes, black quarterbacks, um, black NBA players being confident and being proud of themselves and being aware of how great they are, they're Mm -hmm. called out immediately by the media, right? They're saying, people say that they're arrogant, that they're obnoxious. You remember the thing with Sherman? That's exactly right. Selena? I just want to say the level of consciousness that he expressed yes. every time, like not every time he spoke, but so often is something that I I yearn to see athletes like LeBron yes. James, Michael Jordan, Rihanna, and P- and like people Rihanna who have these. Athlete. Well, she's not an athlete, but she's a black celebrity. When it, when it comes to black celebrities and athletes, they don't use their platform to really speak out. Sometimes they do here and there. They'll wear a shirt that says I can't breathe. And I appreciate that LeBron James. But, but, but Muhammad Ali stood and fought for that. He fought for black racial economic justice and just justice in general as much as he fought in the ring. Well, I know, Jackie, you want to say something, but LeBron James is sending over 500 um, Ohio kids to college for free, full ride. LeBron James is actually one of those athletes who is doing a lot. He's, he's investing over $45 million of his own dollars to send kids to school. Go ahead, Jackie. Well, I think that that um, is a reflection on... America, not on black athletes, that even though Muhammad Ali was so vocal about his opinions and beliefs and he did pave the way so much, we still live in a country where you can't be that vocal without risking your contract or your career or your financial future, right? Because people, there will still be this great backlash. Um, That has not changed in this country decades after Muhammad Ali. Because they erase his blackness. That's right. what that's what white America does. And white America didn't love Muhammad Ali until he couldn't speak anymore. Let's be honest about that. When he couldn't tell you you were, you were a cracker or a hunky to your face, and that's when all of a sudden he is a legend. And then what they've done, and I've noticed this on Twitter, and I don't think everyone who's... I, don't, I think most people who've done this have not meant it in a malicious way, but I want to push back on it like right here, right now, is that he transcended race. You know when you... They don't say that about white people that die. <laughs> they didn't say that... Um. Who was the white rocker? David Bowie, I think it was. Yeah. Billy. David Bowie. Oh, David Bowie. Bowie. Yes, David Bowie. No <laughs> one said he transcended race. They said he was great and he died and he will forever be remembered. Abraham Lincoln didn't transcend race. When when people say people who are not black or people of color say a black person or a person of color transcend race, what that means to me is you're telling me that the only way 
that you could see the humanity in this person was by not looking at them as a black person, right, which means right. you don't see humanity in black people. Right. And to say that he transcended race is disrespectful to Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali did not want to transcend race. He did not want to be white. He didn't want to have blonde hair. He didn't want to have blue eyes. He was black. He was as black as Hennessy and Apple Juice on a Sunday cookout in the middle of the summer. He was blacker than BET when it was still black owned. He was a blacker than this mic that I'm talking on. Muhammad Ali was 100% black. You want to be proud about him and eulogize him? He was a powerful black man. That's it. He didn't transcend anything. Well, well, thank you for that, Stanley. Um, I know on that note, we're definitely going to wrap it up. But again, guys, if you have questions and comments, we always want to hear from you. You can tweet us at BeHerd underscore radio. You can call us up at 212-650-6903. When we come back from the, from the break, we're going to be talking about, again, the progression and what else needs to be done in the LGBT community. Don't go anyway. I'm just trying to get you out the friend zone Cause you look even better than the photos WHCR 90.3 FM, New York 